What's good? What's good? All of my sports fans, in particular my NFL fans, welcome back. Yes, we are back once again after a hiatus here, but still going, and I'll explain that in just a minute, with Scout Team Sports. I am your host, Valiant. So uh, with these shows, we've been uh, transitioning also to uh, the live shows on ColorCast. Uh, every Saturday morning, and we've been consistent with that since January when we uh, took that one on as well. Every Saturday uh, morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And so we were writing that on throughout the summer. Uh, but now that we are back to the NFL season, back to football season, our favorite season, we're going to be giving out the content twice as much so that twice as much of an audience can receive it when they want to. If someone want to do the live show, they can do the live show. Once again, on ColorCast at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Time every Saturday morning. And if you can't do the live show, then we've got this show for you uh, that will be available as soon as I drop it after I'm done editing. <laughs> so, and then this will be available uh, for the foreseeable future. So, uh, once again, uh, this is Scout Team Sports. Really glad to be back with you. Uh, for the start of the NFL season and of course we are kicking off week one we've been doing a lot of scouting a lot of uh, researching uh, throughout the preseason as well as um, uh, the uh, what pro is projected for the regular season again these are predictions this is coming out um, as of midweek these are going to be midweek pred predictions right before the Thursday night football game so a lot can happen in between now and Sunday, and they always do, whether it be injuries, somebody's playing, somebody's not playing. If COVID protocols are still in effect, they're supposed to be a little bit more lax on those rules. Um, but to my, to my knowledge, if someone still catches COVID, they could still be held out of a game, even though everybody's supposed to be or majority is supposed to be vaccinated. And then on top of that, you have those who could get, uh, again, who could get injured and may miss a game. They may seem like they're all good and dandy uh, by midweek, Wednesday, Thursday on the injury report, but come Sunday, then they don't go or vice versa. They're hurt all the way up this week and then they actually do go. So a lot of variables, a lot of things can happen. I could say us, uh, someone's was not going to play this Sunday. So you have to factor him out. And then all of a sudden Sunday, he's in the game. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Keep that in mind. I'm going to try to be as accurate as possible. Uh, but sometimes things change, especially in this league of football. Um, with that said, we are here because we are sports fans. And I appreciate all my subscribers, those who are still hanging with me, rocking with me. They are over on ColorCast as that platform is grow growing and very thankful for that opportunity with ColorCast. Uh, shout out to ColorCast. But then also we are here now uh, primarily on the Anchor app. And we are distributing uh, to various, various um, platforms. You can hear this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Breaker, amongst many more. So once again, this is Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValiant, and we are kicking off the return 
uh, of the weekly podcast. Well, it will be the 2022-2023 uh, NFL season. This is week one predictions and short analysis. So we kick it off with the Thursday night football game for week one. Bills at Rams. Buffalo Bills at Los Angeles Rams. Keep in mind, this is the first week of the season, so a lot of teams will be figuring out what they got, what kind of identity they have. Uh, even with uh, maybe a lot of players returning, you still want to know what you've got, what your identity is for this year. Some will be taking their same identity from last year and implementing it into this year. Uh, others will probably want to change it up, may change it up midweek or midseason. You never know uh, in order to see what their best strengths are and work on their weaknesses. But if we're going with week one, then we kind of got to go with what we've seen uh, last season, who's returning, and then a little bit of what we've seen in preseason. We can't take much because, again, remember, the season is a game longer. It's so much longer now. Um, and the thing is, we just think it's a week longer. But for players, that's a lot more. So uh, you really can't judge by the preseason because a lot of stars, a lot of starters sit out because of the four games some teams a few teams playing five games in the preseason uh to where you know that's a long that's a long journey to where you could get injured before the season starts and a lot of starters are just not going to take that chance especially now that they have an extra game 17 games and you still only have one bye week so with that being said, you have to take into account that you can't really take too much out of the preseason other than you find a little rookie here, a little rookie there that might shine and make the team and contribute to your team's success this coming season. But nonetheless, we start off with the Thursday night football matchup, Buffalo Bills at Los Angeles Rams. This is what everybody uh, or a majority of people wanted to see last season. This is what most people wanted to see last season in the Super Bowl. I remember when the playoffs were starting, a lot of players wanted wanted the Bills. And to me, honestly, the Bills looked like the best team. They looked like the best team in AFC. And a lot of uh, people either wanted the Bucks or the Rams in the NFC. Uh, and, of course, the Rams won out. And it was Rams against the surprising Bengals. And not surprising because they did really well and won a division. But the way that they ran through... The AFC was quite surprising, especially coming back from a uh, three uh, tw down 21-3 against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship to win that and advance to the Super Bowl. But the week before that was the stunner of stunners when the Buffalo Bills lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the famous infamous 13 seconds of Pat Mahomes, which not surprised that he's able to do that, but just the fact that he does it again and he does it against at that time the number one ranked defense in the league um, was very, very surprising and just pandemonium, as they say, in sports. Uh, now with Von Miller, who has signed a six-year $250 million contract, and I'm surprised that a veteran get a defensive player as well. Veteran gets uh, that long of a contract extension. I really think that this is going to be it for him. He will finish and complete his contract, and this should be it for um, for Von Miller. Um, but he did not play the entire preseason, and smartly so. Uh, and that with that being said, uh, he is ready to go against his former team, the team that he just won a Super Bowl with, his second Super Bowl with, in the Los Angeles Rams. If you would have had, uh, if the Bills would have had 
that defensive veteran leadership presence in the playoff game against Pat Mahomes last season in the playoffs. I think that would have been the difference maker to help that defense hold on and at least hold uh, Mahomes at bay for those 13 seconds. Um, but they didn't have Von Miller last season. They got him this season, and I think that's going to be the difference maker in their defense, not only become being one of the top defenses if they do make it back to that number one spot, um, but also in tight situations and close crutch, uh, clutch games um, against very, very good to great quarterbacks in the league, then uh, Von Miller's presence, I believe, could be and should be the difference in that defense being uh, prevailing and 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 winning a game and sealing a game versus giving it up late in the game. So uh, with that being said, going up against the Rams, I just think that the Bills are a little bit hungrier just because of itching to get back to this season because of how sourly uh, the season ended this past season. So I think they have a chip on their shoulder, whereas, you know, the Rams are coming off of the Super Bowl victory, not saying at, by any means that they would take this game lightly, but I think that the Super Bowl lacks will come into play just a little bit. You know, we just won a Super Bowl. We're getting back into the season. Hey, hey, it's the Los Angeles Rams. We're playing our first game at home. Everything is great. California love and all that stuff. And I love LA and let's just go out here and have fun and play football, do what we do. And uh, I just think that the Bills, the Bills are, the Bills are irritated. <laughs> uh, the Bills franchise is irritated. They want to get back to the playoffs right now, and <laughs> they want to replay that game against the Chiefs. Like, run it back right now, okay? We can't run it back right now. Fine, Rams, you're the first victim in our way. <laughs> so, because we need to get back to the playoffs and run that back against the Chiefs or whoever to get past them to get to the AFC Championship game because going out like that just as a franchise and then the players that are the starters that are the franchise players of that team having to wait this long to get back to it is like yeah yeah the first one in our way is going down we need we want to get there right now but since we can't get there right now we are going to destroy you instead so um, they're not going to destroy the Rams by any means, but I think they will get the victory over the Rams just because, again, I think they have a chip on their shoulder from last season that, you know, we want to get back to the playoffs. We want to take down one of the big dogs uh, in the league and show that we are for real. Um, I look at Josh Allen. I look at that offense. It looks like everything is good to go. Um, I look at Singletary as being a key factor. He's going to have to get past Leonard Floyd in that defensive line in the running game, running defense, because Leonard Floyd was an, a, a, a sleeper underdog diamond in the rough in that Super Bowl in stopping the Bengals run. Uh, you know, uh, um, Aaron Donald got all the all the attention because he was getting the sacks and on the pass rush. But the run stopper that stopped that running game was Leonard Floyd. And it's going to be Leonard Floyd and that defensive line who are the run stuffers versus Singletary and company out of the out of the Bills backfield. So it's it'll be interesting to see that matchup. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and company, I think, will have a bit of an edge because whether or not and again, we're on Wednesday, whether or not Jalen Ramsey plays in my opinion, Jalen Ramsey is not 100%. Jalen Ramsey coming off of that shoulder surgery 
And at first, you know, it was look it was looking like he was going to miss some games in the season. And this was, of course, months back. But now it seems like he's OK. He's ready. He's good to go again from now until Sunday. Anything can change. Either he's healthy to play and then he won't play or he's not going to play and then he will play. Even if he plays, he's not I don't think it's going to be 100 percent. And that hurts against Stefan Diggs. Even though they have other good defensive backs, you know he's the number one. You know he's the high, highest regarded. And I know that he wants to get back on the field and he wants to show that he's for real because he got embarrassed. Even though the Rams won that Super Bowl, Jalen Ramsey got embarrassed by a rookie in Jamar Chase in that Super Bowl. So um, I know he's itching to get back out there, but I think he will play it smart. If he is not 100%, I don't think he goes. Um, and I don't think we'll know that until game day. Um, but then, uh, again, if he wants to get out there, uh, I don't think that he'll be a hundred percent. And I would think that maybe they might put him on one of the weaker, uh, wide receivers or not as good wide receivers and let one of their other defensive backs take Stefan Diggs all day. And that's not going to work well for the Rams in my opinion. So because of that slight disadvantage, I'm going to give the edge to the Bills. Rams still coming on strong. And we've got the air conditioning going because it's hot in here. So uh, we'll still be able to hear me. I've got the mic hooked up. We're good to go. So if you hear that noise, it's very, very subtle. I've checked it already. Uh, and we are good to go because we, we got to have some air conditioning here. we got to be able to not melt and uh, finish this podcast here. So. Um, but yeah, I'm giving the edge to Bills. Very, very impressed with the Rams picking up Allen Robinson uh, as a wide receiver so that it's not just all on Cooper Cup. You know, they needed a new number two. You know, Odell Beckham is couldn't just, he just can't be the number two. Um, I like his heart, uh, you know, especially what he's uh, overcome and whatnot. And as a player, I like him. But that knee is just, I mean, well, you can go down untouched again. Uh, and that the way that knee is is just you can't rely on him as a number two. So Allen Robinson is a very very good pickup. I'm surprised more teams weren't going after him more aggressively. I know other teams were going after him, but aggressively was a whole different story. And so he goes to the Rams, and he should enjoy uh, many many downs of single coverage because uh, it's going to be hard to almost near impossible if they have a three wide receiver set that you can double team Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. So one of them is going to be one-on-one coverage. And when Allen Robinson gets that opportunity, I think he will shine just as much as Cooper Cup would um, in that offense uh, hemmed hemmed by (laughs) or started by or anchored by or led by uh, Matthew Stafford. So, um, even though with that, I still think the Bills defense will come to play. Of course, Von Miller is going to be there uh, with that presence. You know, he knows the Rams well because he just played with them. Uh, So, that's a little bit of an advantage. So, I'm going to give those little tiny ones. I'm not saying this is a a giant advantage by any means. But Von Miller, knowing his former team that he just played with, just won a Super Bowl with, Stephon Diggs out there going up against... Uh, a weakened Jalen Ramsey, if Jalen Ramsey at all. Um, I think those little things here and there are going to contribute to the Bills getting this first win on the road. Next, we're moving on. We're getting to the Sunday games. And we're getting to the first one on the docket from what we show is the Saints at the Falcons division rival 
uh, in the NFC South. Um, very anxious to see uh, what Jameis Winston can do returning back to form. Uh, not happy at all that Dennis Allen is the new head coach of the Saints moving up because Sean Payton stepped down. Uh, and of course, we all heard about the scandal where it was supposed to be John, uh, Sean Payton and Tom Brady heading to Miami, uh, but that did not work out because of uh, Brian Flores and the accusations and uh, because of what uh, was exposed. And then, of course, the Dolphins owner getting suspended for six games, which was a slap on the wrist, which I never understood. But yeah, we're not going to I could go I could go in on that, but I'm not going to because it's it's not worth my breath but um yeah we've got dennis allen which i don't think was a good hire because the problem for the saints is not their defense it's their offense but yet you have you hire a defensive coach as your head coach and so it's going to be curious to see what Jameis winston can do with a fully healthy knee see how mobile he actually is I, again i don't trust anything in the preseason even if he walked on practice even if he took uh took snaps for one series or something like that nothing and nothing i don't trust anything in the preseason right now um <clears throat> when it comes to any starter so um Jameis winston uh it's going to be curious to see what he's able to do how he's able to move and how is their offensive coordinator going to fit around him and what he's able to do alva camara is if um is uh should be healthy and ready to go sometimes i worry about alva Kamara if his mind is there anymore because i just don't think because drew Brees is gone and the way that the offense is weakened that he even really wants to be in new orleans anymore that's my opinion um when drew Brees was there and the offense was clicking and the whole team was gone going well i think he was good but now that sean payton's gone it's a weakened offense you don't know what you got at quarterback really and then he's you know because you don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be there. And even Michael Thomas is there. Is he going to be able to return to form? And you've got him out there playing wide receiver more than he's playing running back. When, again, I get it that he's a dual threat. But when he's at wide out uh, 90% of the time, he's no longer a dual threat. All he is is another wide receiver. So I think the creativity of that the offense would have with Alvin Kamara is not going to be there. Nonetheless, they are playing the Atlanta Falcons, who are hem are heralded and led by Marcus Mariota starting and what the Falcons have, aside from taking Casey Hayward away from the Raiders as a veteran DB. Uh, I don't I don't see anything at all uh, good about the Falcons. I mean, yeah, you can say Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is just a, a wide receiver playing tight end, and that's about it. So I would have to say by default, because the Falcons are so bad and they haven't proven that they have done anything better in the offseason, I'm going to give this win to the Saints on the road. Next, we have another grudge match. They're doing all the grudge matches week one here with quarterbacks hopping around. And this one is the Cleveland Browns at the Carolina Panthers. Of course, the Browns getting rid of Baker Mayfield. And him going to the Carolina Panthers. Now it will be interesting to see uh, how fired up. Of course, I know he will be fired up. You've seen the comments about what he said he's going to do to his former team. And it would be a different story if the replacement for uh, 
if the replacement for Baker Mayfield was available, but we all know that Deshaun Watson is not going to be there. Deshaun Watson suspended because of his off-the-field issues for the first 11 games of the season and fined $5 million, uh, that it's going to be a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett against uh, the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield definitely has that advantage. He has, as long as he has a healthy Christian McCaffrey, uh, then the Panthers offense should look rather uh, good against the Browns. Now the Browns defense, again, still a good defense, not a great defense, but I think what's going to happen is the Browns defense is going to be on the field for so long because the Browns offense will not be able to go nearly as well as they would be under Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson. And so if the running back and the running back by committee team is healthy, um, you could see that moving the needle a little bit, but with a lack of passing game, yes, they have Amari Cooper, but with no Deshaun Watson there and a backup quarterback, I have to give this advantage to the Panthers over the Browns. Uh, Browns players saying it's not a grudge match, it's just game one, and of course, um, Baker Mayfield with his very emotional self, um, is saying that it is going to be personal and he's going to do something uh, very bad to them. <laughs> I'll just put it like that. So uh, I'm picking because the Browns don't have a quarterback right now because of their situation. I am picking the Panthers over the Browns in this grudge match game in week one. Next, we go on to the 49ers against the Chicago Bears. Um, People look out for the 49ers. Seriously, look out for the 49ers. Think about it this way. Number one, they still didn't get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. So they have two capable quarterbacks. So even if Trey Lance, and I don't want this to happen, even though if Trey Lance were to go down, they've got Jimmy G to pick back up right where he left off last season if he need if they need him to. As much as Kyle Shanahan wants to emphasize that he is not part of their plans moving forward, I don't think they have a choice at this point um, and because they couldn't get rid of him, they couldn't trade him and half the locker room still likes him. So so if that's the case, you might as well keep him. And again, if something happens with Trey, um, then you you know, you've got you don't you won't really miss too much of a step, I believe. Now, here's the thing. Trey Lance does not have to be great. He just has to be as good as Jimmy G. And I think that it is, that is very possible. Jimmy G, I would say, can make a play here and there. For the most part, game manager. That's really all Trey Lance has to do. This ceiling is not, or this pressure is not as much as you would think for a second-year guy. Um, uh, the typical second-year guy, maybe, you know, they might need him to start right away, need him to start right away, as opposed to wanting him to start right away. And they would, you would think that he would have, especially not playing a whole season yet in his first year that this would be his first whole season and so he's going to make his mistakes and whatnot and he will but it's not like the Niners could probably Jimmy G did not play good in that NFC championship game last year and the Niners almost won that game Jimmy G did not play good in that Packers game in the divisional round they didn't even score a offensive touchdown and they still beat the number one seeded Packers. So that ought to tell you something about the rest of that team, the running game, the passing game, the defense, 
they've got it solid. They are a threat to win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now, they are a threat. And so if Trey Lance can just play decent, not great, but just decent, the Niners are probably looking at at least another NFC Championship berth, I think. It's very, very possible. So um, with that being said, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I really feel for Justin Fields. Again, uh, he's just in probably one of the worst uh, situations he could be in. Defensive-minded organization, not just defensive-minded coach that they hired, a new coach. Not just defense in terms of how they've been operating the last couple of years, but just the organization from top to bottom. I don't think they care nothing about offense. They got a quarterback because they just saw how bad it was at quarterback, and it was like, okay, let's get somebody who can maybe make a player here and there. But the Bears are very much still running game, defense, really no passing game, really not that good of a running game either. They don't have a star running back, in my opinion. And it's just going to be defense who is now weaker because they don't have Khalil Mack, and they're just going to be trying to win games 13-10 to 10 all the time. And that's not going to work in the league. That's not going to work in the NFL. So... I really feel for Justin Fields. I like him as a quarterback, but they're not winning this game against the 49ers at home. So, 49ers over the Bears. Next, we have Steelers at Bengals. Of course, Steelers in the post after long, this should have been came already, but the post Ben Roethlisberger era. Uh, they have <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, at quarterback who's going to be starting and Kenny Pickett who a lot of people say um, talking media hits say should start um, and uh, and I think that that could that could change even from now until Sunday uh, where um, he takes over at the helm because he is the one that they are grooming to eventually be the starter Mitchell Trubisky is just the bridge quarterback uh, but nonetheless that going up against the last year's, not defending, but last year's AFC champion uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are at home, even though the Steelers still have somewhat of a very, very good defense because of the confusion on offense. And I think the offense still needing or is going to need to still try to find itself. Uh, I'm going to go with the more complete team in the Bengals. Bengals fixed their offensive line problems through free agency and the draft. And so um, it's going to be tough to beat the Bengals even in the playoffs. So uh, look out for the Bengals once again. But I see them getting this week one win over their division rival Steelers. Next, we have the Eagles at the Lions. Taking the Eagles in this one, really not a question. I don't. Until I see anything different from that Detroit Lions defense, I'm not going to put any faith in them. Yes, they got their Aiden Hutchinson uh, from Michigan, kept him in state, and he's the new anchor of that defense. But I'm not expecting too much from him, not because I think he can't make it, but because this is his rookie season. And he's going up against um, a team that I think he could have a little bit of success, depending on how they could catch uh, Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts uh, does have some problems with accuracy but Jalen Hurts does is I believe going to be a quarterback that continues to get better number one two I believe that they are definitely going to rake make a run a serious run for the division title uh, right up there with the Cowboys this season and so um, with the addition of A.J. Brown to Devontae Smith, now him having two very, very good weapons at wide receiver. If they can get some decent help from a running game and then that defense is at least average or better, uh, 
you're definitely, I think, looking at another playoff berth in the Eagles, and I think it starts with a win over the Detroit Lions. Yes, they have Jared Goff. Yes, they have something that resembles an offense, and Jared Goff has, even in as bad as their season was last year, he was able to make that offense go. He was able to have them compete in games, score 30-plus points on more than one occasion. And so, you know, Jared Goff, for all intents and purposes, can still make that offense go. But until I see anything from that defense, and yes, unfortunately for the defense of the Lions, seeing is believing. I will not believe it until I see it with them. They've had way too many chances for, I was like, okay, maybe they get over this this week. No. And then their, their defense just embarrasses the entire team. So, no. Picking the Eagles over the Lions here in week one. Going to be a lot of road wins on the week one <laughs> this time, this uh, this season. I'm predicting a lot of road win victories in week one of this NFL season. And we're moving right along with another one that I think is going to be a road win. I mean, these are really not that hard to predict. Eagles better than Lions. You got to pick the Eagles. Here's another one. Colts at Texans. Come on. Matt Ryan at the helm, better than Carson Wentz, especially for this particular offense. They're going back to the non-mobile quarterback days of Peyton Manning uh, in that regard. Uh, and with this being said, um, you know, it's, 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 it's it, the only thing that I'm curious about with the Colts is, is that passing game going to be able to operate and function at a high level? Because if it is, I'm pretty sure that Matt Ryan will make a lot less mistakes and is a better leader than Carson Wentz. But if he can have that off that passing game at a high level, look out. Because if they still have their good defense, the Colts do, and they still got Jonathan Taylor, who was a rookie of the year as a running back, little speedy lightning guy. Um, the, the, I mean, the Colts are one of the most complete teams in the league, if not just the AFC. And yes, they just barely missed the playoffs. And maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe they should have done better if they're one of the most complete teams. But if you don't have that quarterback situation right, that could ruin your whole day. Just ask my team. Ask the Raiders what happened when Derek Carr went down when we had the number one seed in the league, in the in the AFC, rather. When that year he was supposed to win the MVP. He, we had the number one C heading into the second to last game of the season against the Colts. He gets his, he tried to extend the play that he should not try to extend. And he gets his ankle caught up behind him, under him by getting tackled again when he should have gotten rid of the football. And the Raiders were the number one seed by the end of the season, which was only another game after that. They drop all the way to the fifth C, get knocked out in the first round, a wildcard round of the playoffs by a Texans team. From one to five in the span of three weeks and bumped out of the playoffs like you're nothing. All because your starting quarterback got hurt. So if you let that sink in, then you can understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about uh, regarding the Colts and regarding quarterback play and how important it is. So if you have good quarterback play and you've got everything else taken care of, like I talked about with the Niners, look out for a team like the Colts as well. Because honestly, I'm picking them to win the division this year. I don't have faith in Ryan Tannehill. Yes, Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry has plates and screws in his feet. 
And I don't care how much you can repair something with metal, a part of the body with metal, you're never 100%. You're never what you were before. So, yes, Derrick Henry can do what he can do, but I'm really looking for Malik Willis to eventually be the starter of that team, and especially with Ryan Tannehill's bad attitude talking about uh, it's not my job to to mentor him and all this other nonsense. I, I could even say that. First of all, it's not cool at all. But secondly, I could see if you were like, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I can see if you were like uh, 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 one of the top quarterbacks in the league, if you were Josh Allen or if you were Pat Mahomes or somebody like that. But Ryan Tannehill, seriously, the main reason why they lost the playoff game against the Bengals, even though the Titans sacked the crap out of Joe Burrow and they knew all they had to do was just neutralize, if not shut down Derrick Henry, and they put it on Ryan Tannehill's back to win the game and he couldn't do it. Yeah, I ain't trusting that situation. So I'm picking the Colts to win this division, just so you know. But they started off with an easy win against the Houston Texans, which have nothing. Moving forward, we have the Patriots at the Dolphins, predicting another road victory here on week one. There are going to be a lot of road wins, road wins on week one this season. Patriots at Dolphins. Picking the Patriots in this one. I just think that they're more a more complete team. I don't put that much stock. I mean, I think Mac Jones is a good game-managing quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He can make a couple throws here and there. They've got running game. Um, regardless of who's in there on defense, Belichick is going to have his defense ready to go. And I just think overall they are a better team at this point than the Dolphins. Dolphins still trying to find themselves. I really don't have much faith in Tua. Yes, they do now have Tyreek Hill. He's going to make plays. Um, but then at, Tyreek Hill is one guy. I still need to see how Tua does when he doesn't have Tyreek Hill as an option and he needs to throw to somebody else. How is that running game going to look? How is the Miami Dolphins defense going to look, especially now that they have an offensive coach and no longer have a defensive coach in, Bar in Brian Flores? So... Uh, with that being said, there's too many question marks, in my opinion, for a week one victory over a Bill Belichick coached team. So I'm picking the Patriots over the Dolphins in week one on the road. We're going to stop it right there. We're going to take a break and we will be back right after this, after these messages from our sponsor. This is Scout Team Sports. I am Devalian. We'll be back in a minute. Scout Team Sports, and we're right back in it on the other side of the break here with Week 1 NFL predictions and short analysis when it comes to uh, the Week 1 uh, NFL 2022-2023 season of games. And we are picking right back up where we left off with our Sunday games, and we're starting off with the Ravens and the Jets. Once again, like I said, going to be a lot of Road 1 victories uh, probably might set a record uh, for the most road victories on week one of the any of any NFL season. And, of course, it's not cl even close here. Going to pick the Ravens over the Jets, a healthy Lamar Jackson, and key, a healthy J.K. Dobbins. I'm very excited to see after he got hurt in the preseason last season and missed the entire season. If they can have him running the football and Lamar running it less, 
and Lamar focus more on the passing game and not have to worry so much about being a dual threat, um, look out what the Ravens can do. Even with no star, superstar wide receivers wanting to be there, they still seem to make it work. They made it work at the beginning of last season, even without J.K. Dobbins starting off 5-1 and one, um, in that regard. And, of course, Lamar Jackson getting hurt. The season was over once he was done. But now, as long as he stays healthy, I think the Ravens are back to being a playoff contender. Um, the defense, I would like to see more improvement from that defense um, because they were, in my opinion, kind of hot, kind of cold last year. Um, there were times that they looked really good, and then there was other times where I was like, this is not Ravens defense. I understand that they don't have a Ray Lewis and an Ed Reed, but um, I'm still expecting better from them than what they had last year defensively as far as performance but definitely picking the Ravens over the Jets the Jets still don't have much I like the draft picks of the Jets I did say that before that I like the Jets draft picks so they're starting to go in the right direction but overall offensively defensively they don't have it Zach Wilson is going to I wouldn't say he's going to get mauled but it's still going to be tough for him it's still going to be tough for him in terms of trying to win football games and especially if they get behind early and have to come back late and he's having to throw a lot more than he should have to it, that does not spell victory in my opinion so picking the ravens over the jets in week one here's another here's an interesting one you would think oh well this is not that easy you can't just pick another road win uh, uh, in week one with this game because these teams you never know we've got the Jacksonville Jaggy Wires against the Washington Commanders now Commanders that is still so weird gonna get time gonna take time to get used to that uh but yeah yeah we're 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 we're, we're moving forward we'll do the best we can but Jaguars at Washington Commanders Again, already talked about Carson Wentz. You know what I think of him, and you know what I believe of him and don't believe of him. So, the fact that they chose him over other quarterbacks that they could have gotten, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Was this Ron Rivera's decision? I question that. Because if it was, and knowing the type of coach that I perceive Ron Rivera to be, I don't think he would have made this decision on his own. So, uh, whoever in that camp wanted Carson Wentz, okay, this is what you get. What you, you get? What you you ask for? So whatever. Um, but because of that, I know this is weird. But look, they got the other Josh Allen. The Jaguars do. They got the defensive Josh Allen. He's good. And you've got Trevor Lawrence now with uh, a Clemson teammate as far as a run at starting running back. And you don't have Urban Meyer there. You've got Doug Peterson as a head coach, which I think is much better for Trevor Lawrence's development as well as the overall morale of that football team. So even though I like Ron Rivera as a coach, and yes, they've got Scary Terry, Chase Young is still up in the air on whether or not how healthy he is. I don't think that he's going to play this week one. I still think he has some weeks to go before he is fully healthy. But with no Chase Young, you've got Carson Wentz at quarterback. Uh, I don't know, believe Ter Scary Terry is going to get fed the ball the way he needs to. Yes, Antonio Gibson is there running the football, but I'm going to pick the Jaguars here. I'm going to pick the Jaguars because um, they will be, I think, better at quarterback. 
I think it really will come down to quarterback play. And once again, I'm not putting any stock in the Carson Wentz until I can see that he can actually lead a team. He cannot have his ego in the way, and he cannot be a detriment to his team as opposed to an asset. And you need to be even much more than that if you're the franchise quarterback. Um, but I'm going to pick the Jaguars, even as weak as they are and are perceived to be. They can still fight. They still won some games, surprising games, in uh, even last year. And uh, I'm going to pick the Jaguars in week one over the Commanders. Another road victory. Here's where I think it stops right here. <clears throat> we have the Giants at the Titans. Um, never been a Daniel Jones fan. Never, ever, ever been a Daniel Jones fan. But <clears throat> it's really not on him because I think Saquon Barkley is the guy that makes this offense go. But Saquon has health issues. He cannot stay healthy for anything. Uh, you know, it's great that he looks like Nelly. Uh, which is great for 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 commercials. It's great for uh, you know off the field uh, media contracts and whatnot. Um, maybe he'll be in the music video eventually. Uh, but I you know as far as on the field, if he cannot stay on the field, this offense has no shot, no shot because I don't trust him not being there and you putting this all on Daniel Jones to carry this offense. It's just not going to happen. There's a reason why they already decided not to exercise Daniel Jones' fifth quarterback option. And I don't think it's because they want to restructure his contract and sign him to a massive lucrative contract extension like they've been doing all these other players in the league now. Short, fat contracts for, for everybody. Daniel Jones is not getting one of those. So, and I think Saquon Barkley would have probably already have one if they were confident he could stay healthy. So, with that being said, going to go with the Titans here. Again, their Achilles heel is Ryan Tannehill. But overall, they still have a better team, better running game, better defense. And I think that even with Ryan Tannehill's play, the Giants would not have enough. I don't see enough from them defensively. I don't see enough from Daniel Jones to say that they are going to overcome or overthrow this Titans team in Tennessee. I just don't see it. Uh, I'm still waiting to see what Kenny Galladay can do. He was injured a lot last season. Getting him from Detroit, I thought was going to be a good pickup for the Giants offense, but it has not translated to the field yet. So that remains to be seen. So until that happens, even with the Titans losing A.J. Brown, I still think overall they are a better team uh, than the Giants. It's it would be curious to see uh, how healthy and how Derrick Henry will look again with the metal feet. Um, but I still think overall that they are a better team than the Giants. So I'm picking the Titans <clears throat> to win at home against the uh, picking the Titans to win at home against the Giants. Next, we come to the Chiefs at the Cardinals. This is a tricky one. You've got a Chiefs team that no longer has Tyreek Hill. And for all intents and purposes, I get that Pat Mahomes will still be all right. And a lot of talking media heads because uh, Pat Mahomes is a media darling want to say that, oh, Pat Mahomes will be fine. They're going to be okay. They're going to be fine even though they don't have Tyreek Hill. Look, I get that they'll be fine. That's not the point. See, a lot of times when they try to, when they want to downplay something that's really a problem, that's really an issue, they will disguise what the actual issue is it happens all the time in sports it happens all the time in relationships when you want to distract 
what the actual problem is, you'll make it about something else. And when somebody's blaming you for something, instead of focusing on the problem because it's not really a problem, they'll blame it on something else and say that's the problem when they were talking about something that isn't a problem, but then they'll try to divert the focus to something else so that they can be right. So it's not the fact that Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs aren't going to be fine. Yeah, of course they're going to be fine. But you cannot deny that they are not as good with at, without Tyreek Hill than they are with Tyreek Hill. He adds so much of, the, of a dimension to that offense to where you cannot just gang up on Travis Kelsey, to where you cannot just gang up on any other wide receiver because he's going to stretch the field. He can do multiple things. He's very fast. And yeah, he's just he combined with Pat Mahomes. It's just dangerous. It's dangerous. He is liable to break out any game at any time for 150 to 200 yards receiving and about two to three touchdowns. You cannot deny how great that is. No other receiver on that roster, I don't care how good they are, no other receiver on that roster is capable of that. Even with Pat Mahomes at the helm, no other receiver on the Chiefs roster is capable of that. Not even Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey might can get three touchdowns or maybe about 60 yards. That's great. But more often than not, that's not going to be enough to win football games, especially in this new division that they're in. And I say new division because everybody's a threat now in the AFC West. Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers. Any one of those teams can beat any one of the other three. And any Sunday, it is possible. So you cannot tell me that by getting weaker, as great as you were, your offense was, that you'll be fine and that makes everything okay. Being fine is not going to be good enough. That's the point. It ain't whether or not you're going to be fine. It's the fact that you're not going to be good enough. It's not the fact that you're not good. You are good, but you're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be what you once were. You're going to be going up against a Broncos D with Bradley Chubb twice and no Tyreek Hill. You're going to be going up against a Raiders defense with Mad Max and now Chandler Jones and no Tyreek Hill. Then you're going to go up against a Chargers defense with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and no Tyreek Hill. You mean to tell me you're going to be fine and that's going to be good enough? Okay. Okay. Unless those teams just have a total mental breakdown on offense and defense, fine ain't going to be good enough. Fine is not going to be good enough, which is also why I'm not picking the Chiefs to win the division this year. But when it comes to the Cardinals and what they have and what's going on with Kyler Murray, I think that the Chiefs are probably going to get a road one road win here, uh, a week one victory on the road against the Cardinals. It was atrocious that we found out that Kyler Murray doesn't study. Because if he was studying, they wouldn't have put it in the contract extension that he has to commit to hours of study. And yes, that is embarrassing. He can deny it all he wants. He can say all the things he needs to say to defend himself and other teammates can defend him. But if it was true, if it wasn't a problem, it would not have been put into your contract. 
because everybody else knows, especially who ones who get paid that much mo- amount of money, and even the ones that don't, all the way down to the kicker and the punter. Whatever playbook you're given, you need to put in hours of study, and you're the quarterback. You already know you're supposed to be the first one in and the last one out. You're supposed to be more about this thing being your life, eat, breathe, sleep, sweat, cry, football, more than anybody else, because as you go, so does the team. And the fact that they had to put it in the contract means you were deficient in studying. So now, not only do you uh, put question marks in the minds of your coaches, you put question marks in the minds of your teammates. Because the next time you play bad, guess what they're going to say? Uh, you, I guess you didn't study the playbook this, this, this last night, dog. I guess uh, little, little Kyler, I guess you didn't, I, I guess you just didn't want to play this week. So you just, I guess you didn't study, huh? You know, yeah, you, you, how did you, how did you make it through Oklahoma even one year <laughs> or wherever else you transfer from? I can see why you was bouncing around transfer, dude, because you had, I probably had all the females doing your homework in college while you was out playing football. I, I can hear it all coming because they, uh, trust me, they, that from high school to college to pros, a lot of dudes is still petty. <laughs> so I could already hear what's coming, man. As soon as he plays bad, it's coming. So you want to hold out for a contract and then they finally cave in and give it to you because they really don't have a choice. But then they put in the stipulation and that just opened up a can of worms. So I'm not saying that they can't be good this year, but with the controversy, the question marks, I really want to know. And I haven't heard or seen anything yet. Uh, about how DeAndre Hopkins feels about this whole thing and if he's going to be healthy he uh, they absolutely need him Kyler Murray needs him they lost Christian Kirk to Jacksonville so that was their good number two and I don't see a formidable number two in their way yes they got Hollywood Brown I get it but I don't see a formidable number two um, for the Cardinals and I again Hollywood Brown to me uh, is one that you know, he's had some, you know, some some health issues as far as staying healthy for a full season. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't really see uh, uh you know without DeAndre Hopkins, and I want to know how he feels about Kyler Murray. We'll probably never really know because he'll DeAndre Hopkins will say the right things in front of the media, but he's got to feel some type of way too about this. So with all that going on, you lose Chandler Jones from the defense. Uh, you got. I mean, I guess it, you know, you've got who you have left and I'm just like, okay, there's too many question marks for me as far as the Cardinals are concerned. Now the Chiefs have a porous defense as well. They lost Honey Badger to the Saints. So it's going to be curious to see whoever's defense plays better here will probably give an edge to the game. At this point, I would give the edge to the Cardinals, but with the Cardinals offensive question marks, and especially with Kyler Murray, I'm going to give the edge to a more seasoned, better quarterback, a quarterback that I know is going to, is probably been preparing for this game, this game one for the last three weeks, because you know he ain't been hardly playing in the preseason. So, of course, he can focus all his energy for the last three weeks on game one. So I'm picking the better quarterback of the two, even though Kyler Murray is good. He's athletic. He is, he's got freakish speed and whatnot. But the better quarterback is still Pat Mahomes. And... The the Pat Mahomes is the quarterback that you know is going to study. 
So uh, I'm picking the Chiefs in a road win victory in week one over the Cardinals. Raiders and Chargers. Uh, this is a tough one because I still see these two teams as kind of even on par. Um, it looks like uh, the Chargers have somewhat fixed their offensive line issues. Uh, they have most of all their guys back. They've added Khalil Mack, which is going to look so weird to me, him in a Chargers uniform. I was cool with him being a bear. Uh, but now him being a charger is going to look so weird. And then on top of that, they got J.C. Jackson to strengthen their secondary, their cornerbacks. Um, and then on the other side, you've got the Raiders and Derek Carr. Um, you've got Devontae Adams, who is a difference maker. Unfortunately, the biggest issue with the Raiders to me is still their cornerbacks. They've made their defensive line better, their linebackers better, but their cornerbacks still worry me. They lost Casey Hayward, and I really don't see an anchor in that secondary at cornerback or the safety position, number one. And the reason I say it's number one is because of that issue last year. Now the newer issue and even more pertinent issue is their offensive line. They've already lost Carter, their starting right tackle, for done for the season. Before the season even starts, so they already are down one star starter on the offensive line, and then they get rid of Alex Leatherwood, who was the number one, uh, who was their first round draft pick last year, uh, that Gruden picked, and he just hasn't been cutting it. They he wasn't doing well at at tackle. They moved in the guard. He did okay, and then in this preseason, Josh McDaniels is like, "Nah, you ain't cutting. It. You're done." They cut him. They, if you cut him, I'm like, like they weren't even trying to trade him to see if they can get some value for him. They just cut him. Like they don't care where he goes. Like if you're that bad to get cut in the preseason, you really ain't cutting it. So, um, as far as we know, the Raiders only have at best, maybe three solid starters on the offensive line. That spells kind of sort of destruction, especially if you got a healthy Joey Bosa and a healthy Khalil Mack. Derek Carr better have his head on a swivel. Again, I still think the Raiders are good. They're going to win games. But in this case, if we're starting off, if your offensive line is not 100% and you have to defend against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson's in the back, I mean, in the secondary where he's going to be on Devontae Adams all day where Devontae Adams will get by him sometimes, but other times J.C. will probably make some good plays. I got to give the edge to the Chargers. You know that the Chargers are going to come with it on offense. You know Justin Herbert's going to do his thing. You've got Austin Eckler returning, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, who I was hoping would not be there, but they were able to retain him. So because of that, because of the Raiders' deficiencies at defensive back and offensive line, I have to give this edge to the Chargers, unfortunately. But I got to be an analyst. I got to do it the right way. I'm not going to be biased. When it comes to these predictions and analysis, I will be biased in terms of who I want to win. But in terms of predictions and analysis, I will not be biased. Next, we get to the Packers and Vikings. Packers, um, still the best team in this division, even with Devontae Adams leaving, even with, at best, what Aaron Rodgers has in Alan Lazard. Uh, a Sammy Watkins that can or cannot stay healthy for a full season and an old broken battered and beat up Randall Cobb that's still good enough to win this division and that ought to tell you something about how bad this is literally Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are the new Tom Brady Patriots team 
a reason why Tom Brady was able to be so dominant is for so long is because he really didn't have to deal with any type of competition until he got to the playoffs. Why? Because Miami for the longest time was pathetic. The Bills for the last for the longest time were pathetic. And of course the Jets for the longest time were pathetic. Every now and then the Jets would rise up and beat them in a playoff game, but that only happened maybe like two times out of Tom Brady's entire career. Now it's the Packers. Because even as bad, you know, you could take all the good wide receivers away from Aaron Rodgers, just like for many years, Tom Brady didn't have really good wide receivers to throw to in New England, and he's still going to win the division. Aaron Rodgers is still going to win the division because the other three teams are so bad. It's really pathetic. The Packers defense is better than I think most people give them credit for. And uh, to me, they showed that, especially in that Niners game uh, in the playoffs by keeping it very close. Um, but again, they're not going to get the credit for it because it's all about Aaron Rodgers and the offense and what they do. Um, and now you've got Aaron Jones still at the running back position, um, which I think he can do some damage. And yes, this is a division rival game. I expect Kirk Cousins to do, to play well, do his best. But the Vikings team as a whole, um, I just don't know that they're, you know, that they have enough. Dalvin Cook, if healthy, uh, and I'm still bitter about a couple of years ago about me picking him number one overall for fantasy football and then he gets injured first game of the season Ugh. anyway Dalvin Cook is going to do his thing there's been talk whether or not they actually want to keep him or not um, but as long as he's healthy they can do some damage in the running game but I just don't think that that's enough because you have a Packers defense again that will um, come to play. They're not great, but they are good. I think they're better than what most people give them credit for. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers going up against that Vikings defense who, while they know him well, he knows them well too. So got to give the win. And I'm sure that maybe the Vikings might surprise the Packers at least one game during out of their two game series in the season um, and get a win. But starting off, uh, I'm going to pick the Packers here. I think that these teams will probably split, but it won't make a difference because the Packers will make the playoffs and the Vikings won't. But nonetheless, I'm going to pick the Packers to start off the season against the Vikings. Road one, road win victory again in week one. And we're going to keep the ball rolling with the next two. You've got your Sunday night football game, Buccaneers at Cowboys. I don't get why they put these two teams on week one again on national television. I mean, and let me scratch that. I know why they did, because it's America's team and it's Tom Brady. But couldn't we get a different matchup for week one? I mean, you if you want to schedule this game on the docket, uh, okay, fine. But why week one again? They did this already. Week one... Buccaneers at Cowboys. We already did this last year. Can we get a different week one for these two teams on national television? Why do we want to see this again? Like, again, I... It shouldn't... They're not division rivals, so they should not be meeting each other in back-to-back seasons in the exact same week. This was game one of last year. After the Bucks won the Super Bowl... Their first game was a Thursday night football game against the against the Cowboys. Why are we doing this again? Anyway, the Bucks return uh, most of their guys, a lot of their guys, uh, as well as the Cowboys are returning a lot of their guys. But 
uh, uh, there are quite a few that are not there anymore, in particular Amari Cooper. Uh, and the, the main thing, like I said before, a lot of emphasis is getting put on Dak Prescott because of his new con his latest contract, um, which is more recent that it's newer than Ezekiel Elliott. The passing game, he's the quarterback of America's team, as they say. Um, and uh, with Jerry Jones and all the talk, that's where the attention goes for the Cowboys. But like I've been saying, the thing with the Cowboys, it's not Dak Prescott. If you go back a couple years to when they were dominant, in their division and they were a threat in the playoffs what were they doing they were running the football and playing defense with a very 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 good offensive line the key is not Dak Prescott the key is Ezekiel Elliott he has not looked good since he got that fat contract he's one of the many who is suffering from fat contract syndrome yes I said it you got all these players, these star players, that they want their money, and I'm gonna have no problem with them getting their money. Hear me when I say that. I have no problem with them getting their money, but a lot of them, when they get their money, they get soft. When they get their money, they don't play hard no more. When they get their money, they don't play like the stars that they look like they were going to become or that they were before they got their fat contract. I could go down the list of how many players are playing hard on a rookie contract or playing hard on a second contract. Then when they get that super fat contract with all that guaranteed money, then it's like they don't know how to play great anymore. And Ezekiel Elliott is one of those guys. It's just, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I got a Cowboys fan who's going to be listening to this. So hear me well, sir. You know the problem is not Dak Prescott. Dak is who Dak is. You knew from the get-go the caliber or the level or good of quarterback that you had in Dak Prescott. He's doing the best he can when he doesn't do as good as everybody thinks he does. I mean, look, he went fourth round for a reason. And it's not that you can't get a diamond in the rough, but more often than not, it's a reason why fourth round quarterbacks are diamonds in the rough. It's because they're rare. And while Dak Prescott is good, I would not call him a diamond in the rough. Because if he was a diamond in the rough, in spite of Ezekiel playing bad, in spite of a lot of other things, Dak would have been able to lead them to a playoff win over the 49ers. Dak would have been able to get them to an NFC Championship game. That's what diamonds do. But here's the bigger point. He shouldn't have to do that. He shouldn't have to be that. Why? Because there's another guy who's got a fat contract that he's just sitting on right now too. And his name is Ezekiel Elliott. He got his fat contract before Dak did. And he was the one who actually sat out. As opposed to Dak at least did not sit out. He, he went ahead, did in the offseason, got his contract negotiations. He still played. He still did what he was going to do. Even when he got injured, he was doing what he was supposed to do. And he got his reward. Zeke sat out and came back and played like crap and got his fat contract and got his contract his guaranteed money so if the Cowboys can get it together then they got a shot to win a division if they don't the Eagles are going to take this hear me if the Cowboys don't get their stuff in order the Eagles are going to take this division this year 
I'm saying the Cowboys got a shot. You know it. And the Giants, you know the Commanders ain't got no shot. You know it's between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys can do it because the Eagles are not by any means invincible. But if the Cowboys don't shape up and get their stuff together, the Eagles will take them down as far as the division title. They're weaker at wide receiver. You've got CeeDee Lamb, who's going to get all the double coverage in the world now because there's nobody else good on that wide receiving core. I do not trust Michael Gallup coming off of a season-ending injury. That remains to be seen. He could look, he could turn out great. Maybe he doesn't. But why would you trade Amari Cooper away and bank on that? I'd rather keep Amari Cooper, trade away Michael Gallup, and see what we can do with those two. But now all the pressure is on CeeDee Lamb in the passing game. And if they get behind because they can't run the football, then it's all on Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb to make that offense go. And then you've lost key players on defense as well. Trayvon Diggs was doing good at cornerback, but he's just one guy. Buccaneers, on the other hand, Tom Brady's coming back. You know it's going to be a tough game. I know the Cowboys will play their hearts out because they would love to beat Tom Brady, especially having lost to him, barely lost to him the first game of last season. But if you think about it top to bottom, quarterback, running back, even at tight end with Gronk not being there, they've got replacements for tight end. You've got Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin. On the offense, on the defense, they are suspect, and I did say that. This is why they lost the game, the playoff game to the Rams. But they still have good defensive players, much more, I won't say much more, but I would say more so than the Cowboys. Because, again, the Cowboys have lost key players in defense, so they are weaker. Not weak, but they're weaker. And, again, going up against the Tom Brady offense, if Tom Brady's ready to go, it's going to be a rough night for that for that defense, I think. So, again, it's probably going to be another two-point win, and I have to give the edge to the Buccaneers. Until the Cowboys show me that they're better losing key players than gaining key players or keeping the key players that they had, which is it's, it's, it's amazing to me because on paper they look like they can be a top contender. But it does not translate to the field. They should not have lost that playoff game to the Niners. Should not have. So that is the last image that Cowboy fans have in their head. You cannot put the preseason in there. Because, yeah, you might have a rookie star that may shine. And, yeah, they may use him and whatnot. But for the most part, that is not going to be the entire the difference. Of, that does not make up the whole team. A rookie here, a rookie there that shines in the preseason does not make the whole team. And so the last image we have is Dak Prescott taking the quarterback sneak up the middle with no timeouts. And the game's over. So I need to see something better from the Cowboys. I need to see a defense that I remember when the Cowboys defense was tenacious. I remember when they were tenacious. They were kind of nasty. I was like, that's a Cowboys defense. When they had Wade Phillips at defensive coordinator, they, that, that old dude can coach some defense. Like, as old as he is, people still listen to him. Like, they need that type of defense back. That type of defense 
regardless of what talent they have. And then Dak and Zeke, more importantly, in that running game, getting the ball rolling, getting it moving like they did when Zeke was on his rookie contract. They have to be able to do that. Bucks, I think, are in a better position. Yeah, Leonard Fournette is, meh, you know, he's having a problem with his weight and whatnot. But I still think overall, Tom Brady's a guy who can gear and get his team ready to play regardless of what he has with who he has. And then you've got Todd Bowles now as the head coach who's really going to clamp down on making that defense better. And so, again, just an edge. But I'm giving an edge once again to the Buccaneers. And to round out our week one Monday night football, we have yet again a road one, road win. Keep wanting to say road one. It's a wrestling thing. <laughs> road win for week one and another grudge match, which, eh. I think, you know, they, they love it for media purposes, but I really don't think this is going to do much for the actual game. You got the Broncos at the Seahawks. Of course, Russell Wilson, who he just got traded from the Seahawks, um, playing against his old team in Seattle. I think it'll be mixed emotions. Some will boo because he's no longer with the team, but I think others would need to cheer or at least clap when his name is announced because he did help you win the only Super Bowl that you have in existence so i mean you have to still thank him for that and you have to thank him for the years that he and the legion of boom um helped that team at least get to the playoffs and contend for a title work very very close had it not been for a bonehead decision by their head coach uh of winning back-to-back super bowls so uh i'm really surprised pete carroll's still there but anyway um you got dk metcalf on a new fat three-year contract extension um, and so you've got, uh, <clears throat> you've got a team that is, is, uh, you know, kind of, str- I would think is going to struggle, but at least they picked the right quarterback in terms of who they have in Geno Smith, veteran Gene quarterback, Geno Smith will be the starting quarterback over, um, the quarterback that they traded for from the Broncos. Um, and so I think that's the best move that they could have done. Uh, DK Metcalf is going to come to play. Quandre Diggs is a good uh, defensive back, uh, but the the Broncos top to bottom, even with them not having one of their starting wide receivers, is just too much. And then you put have Russell Wilson that puts them over the top. So while this is good for the media in terms of what they want to talk about uh, by the second quarter, that's pretty much not going to be even a factor that's that's going to be like whatever nobody's going to care anymore because by the second quarter i'm pretty sure the broncos will be blowing the seahawks out so you can talk about oh you know they love to do this oh they love to put it oh a grudge match oh it's going to be great it's going to be thrilling that only works if the game is competitive that only really works if both teams are good and this could come down to the wire and then barely beating and edging out your old team that you got traded from that you wanted to leave and now you're with your new team and you come into the house and beat them but if you come into their house and blow them out that's not anything to be excited about yes it'll be great for broncos fans because they get their 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 first win of the season but they were already expected to win 
It's not like it's, oh, this is going to be a tough matchup and he's playing his former team and all the emotions are high. Can we win it? Or we, we believe we can. We got to go out there and prove it. Come on now. It's not even a question. This thing will probably be over by the second quarter. So them putting these these games together, especially on national television, this could have been a this could have been a regular Sunday game. This did not need to be the Monday night football matchup for week one. Week one, you want to end with a bang. Week one, you want to end with a really good matchup, one that can be compelling, one that can be. Uh, interesting and really good football for primetime television. This is not going to be good football. This is going to be a Broncos blowout. That's not good. That's only good for the Broncos. That's not good for the casual football fan. That's not good for primetime television. That's not good for Monday night football. And it certainly isn't good for Monday night football week one. But nonetheless, Broncos get the win, easy win. And uh, Russell Wilson rides off into the sunset with his new team. And Seattle continues to struggle and will be at the bottom of the NFC West, of course. That will conclude your week one predictions and analysis for the new 2022-2023 NFL season. I appreciate all of my subscribers. Please continue to like. Please continue to Uh, subscribe to this podcast please continue to listen and share this podcast with other sports fans we will be here and there covering a little bit of nba here a little bit of nba there as their season eventually gets started but for the most part we're going to be very very nfl and football heavy here so once again this is devalium with scout team sports believe until you stop breathing we will see you next week for week Two, we'll recap a little bit of week one, uh, the highlights and really good things that we saw of week one, and then we'll get into predictions for week two of the NFL 2022-23 season. Once again, this is Devalue with Scout Team Sports. Believe until you stop breathing. I appreciate all my subscribers. We'll see you in the next episode.